Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 64. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to carsyeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to carsyeah.com, click on the free book button on the homepage, and download your Filler Up book today. It's free at carsyeah.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I'm very excited to introduce my special guest, Stacy Puckett. Stacy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. All right. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Stacy Puckett is the Specialist Operations Manager at RM Auctions in Ontario, Canada. As a graduate of the School of Art Institute in Chicago, she didn't plan on a career in the classic car hobby, but after a lifetime of attending car shows with her parents, It wasn't until she purchased a 1965 Ford Fairlane 500 that the car bug bit her. Instead of grad school, she went to the acclaimed McPherson College and received a degree in auto restoration. She trained as an apprentice mechanic with Mercedes-Benz at their classic center in Fallbach, Germany. From there, she spent some time at the LeMay Museum and then five years as a resource and research manager at the acclaimed Paul Russell & Company. There, she worked on many different prestigious vehicles, restorations, including the 1928 Mercedes-Benz 680S Southchick Torpedo that became the 2012 Pebble Beach Concord Best of Show winner. Stacy has also been a judge at the Creenwich, Barrington, Misslewood, and Radnor Hut Concours events. Now at RM Auctions, Stacy gets to play with some of the finest motor cars in the world. So Stacy, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share some more about your history, your career, your interests, and of course, your passion for automobiles? Absolutely. I grew up in eastern Kansas. I was the uh, only child of a car dad and a total daddy's girl. So both of my parents actually were interested in cars, and my mom famously can uh, state the, the name make model of a car just by seeing the headlights. All right. My dad was uh, an airplane mechanic in Vietnam and was very into mechanical things, airplanes, cars. So we pretty much went to every car show and air show known to man growing up. Lucky you. (laughs) (laughs) My dad definitely instilled a passion for cars in me. And, you know, I didn't really know it at the time, but definitely in the mechanical side as well, because I you know, we lived in a place where everybody worked on their own cars. You didn't really send it out to a mechanic. But it definitely was not until later on in life that I discovered how much I liked the mechanical side of cars. Sure. I started off with a degree in fine arts from the Art Institute of Chicago. I was living in Chicago, um, working in advertising, actually, when I bought my Ford Fairlane, which was named Pearl, by the way. <laughs> cool. And uh, <laughs> it was a bit of a grandma car, you know, it was a straight six, a straight 206. 
but I, I absolutely fell in love with this car. And um, I didn't have a garage at the time, so I did have to park it on the street in Chicago. And so I had had my car for a little while, and I had started doing, you know, kind of maintenance and stuff to it. At a certain point, the starter went out. And after, you know, my dad had always been the diagnostician for my cars growing up because we always had older cars. And he was the one I could call and say, oh, my emergency brake is stuck on and I could use the cordless phone and be underneath the car and he'd tell me what to hit to get it to (laughs) release. Oh, that's cool. So, you know, he told me some things to check and how to diagnose what was wrong with the car. So I did that, figured out it was a starter. It ended up buying, you know, all the parts I needed. And my dad told me that at the same time, I should change the battery cables and terminals and just make sure everything was was good to go. So I was on the street in Chicago, in Ukrainian village, for any of you who know the neighborhood. (laughs) I was there by myself. So I've never done this before. So I take the starter out, which, you know, now would be a Piece of a cake. Process, yeah, that <laughs> would not intimidate me at all. But at the time, it was pretty intimidating. Sure. So I pulled the starter and I put the new one in and hooked it up, replaced the battery cables and terminals. And I got in the car and uh, turned the key and it started right up. And it was just absolutely magical. <laughs> so at that point, <laughs> I decided that... I can do it. I can do it. Exactly. And so I started looking into... Um, you know, classes in engine rebuilding. And, you know, I worked in advertising. So I worked a lot of hours, and there was just no way I could fit it in. And I was already looking at grad schools, and I was looking at Carnegie Mellon for arts administration. Then I happened upon McPherson College, and I called them up, and I talked to them about what I needed to do to apply, and they told me. And so Pretty much the rest is history. I applied and I got in and I ended up quitting my advertising job in Chicago and going back to school at 27 to study auto restoration. Wow. Well, what a journey and really unique, obviously, too, for a a woman. Most people think of mechanics as mostly men, but it's great to see a woman moving into the trade. And as I mentioned to Stacey at the beginning of the show, I'm so excited. She's the second female for cars yeah and i'm so so happy to have that perspective on the show and it's great great to hear that story and it's fun when parents have such an influence on you, even when you, you didn't know it so as we continue on your journey I, I always like to start with a success quote a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success in your career it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars yeah so stacy take the wheel Well, I would say that my father probably instilled the best advice of anyone in me Um, when I was trying to decide whether or not to transfer from liberal arts college to the Art Institute. He told me that life is too short to work in a job every day that you didn't enjoy and that I should always strive to do that. So basically, that's what I've done ever since. Well, it's so cool. Your father had that influence on you throughout your life and helped you with that aha moment that we may be talking about a little later of laying under that car in Chicago, pulling a starter out. (laughs) It's really fun when those inspirational quotes come from somebody so close to us because they mean so much more. That's that's wonderful. How have you incorporated that quote into your life and your passion for cars? Well, I would say, you know, when I was working in advertising in Chicago, it was very interesting because uh, I 
told my boss that I was leaving a couple months ahead of time because I wanted to help find my replacement. So when he actually announced to the rest of the company that I was leaving, he took everyone into the boardroom and there was another woman who was also going to pursue another career at the same time. And he announced to everyone, you probably wouldn't be surprised if I told you that, you know, one of our staff members is leaving to pursue her love of, uh, of graphic animation, but I, you probably would be surprised if I told you that one of our staff is going to leave to pursue a degree in automotive restoration. And everybody just kind of looked around and he said my name and they just, you know, all the jaws dropped. Sure. So over the next month or so that I had left, I swear every single person in that agency came in at some point and told me how amazing they thought it was that I was doing this and that they wished they had enough guts to pursue what they had always wanted to do. And then they'd proceed to tell me the story about, you know, what they had wanted to do. And, you know, then they ended up in advertising. And, and it was always a, it was amazing for me to hear how excited they were for me. But it was also a little sad, because I was thinking, you know what, it's never too late. You just at some point have to take the chance and go for it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if you don't take that chance, then you're never going to know. What an incredible inspiration, Stacy! And I, I love what you're sharing with our audience today, because it's what Cars is all about. And that is inspiring automotive enthusiasts to think about what they're passionate about and make that step towards working in that field that they're really in love with. And and you did it. You had the guts to step out and do it. And especially in a field that wasn't typically, as I said, female-oriented as well. So that's probably why everyone was looking around the room at the guys going, okay, <laughs> which one of the guys is? And yep. Yeah, so that's fantastic. Would you share with us a story that instigated your passion for cars? Tell us about that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were an automotive enthusiast. Well, you know, it was funny because the the thing that started it was definitely the starter swap with Pearl. But then when I got my schedule for the first time from McPherson, all my classes were welding and panel fab and painting all the stuff that having gone to art school I I thought I was going to be good at and that I had a lot more confidence in starting but then they decided to accept a few more students which meant that everybody's schedules needed to change so I received a new schedule in the mail which was engine rebuilding, drivetrain rebuilding, machining, all the stuff that I was totally intimidated by mm. <laughs> going to be my first semester. So yeah, I started class and I was extremely nervous, totally intimidated. I was the only girl in my year. So, you know, all my partners in class were all guys. And then as I started working with my instructor, uh, Roger Stout, who is phenomenal, I just became more and more confident. And, and all of a sudden, I realized that the mechanical side was the part that I was actually good at. And that I, I absolutely fell in love with it. I ceased being intimidated because I realized that we were all there to learn. It wasn't just me who didn't know everything <laughs> about sure, cars. Sure, sure. And, you know, it just... It took off. It took off. You know, it that's did. it's such a great story, too. I, I send out a blog every week, and the blog I sent out this morning was about that very thing, is 
trying something that's scary and hard, that's intimidating to you, because it can be the beginning of, of great things. I titled the blog The Shaky Leg because it, I, <laughs> I talked about my very first experience vintage racing and how scared that's I was that, awesome. my, that my leg was shaking. And I looked down and I went, why the heck's my leg shaking? Well, because I'm scared to death. I've never done this before. Plus, it was raining. So, yep. uh, yeah, so that's a wonderful story. Great story. So, Stacy, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and, and really crawl under the hood and get our hands a little dirty, something you're very used to doing <laughs> and very comfortable with now. Would you share with us a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced in your career that really pushed you to a breaking point and more importantly, share with us how you overcame that situation and what you learned from it. Well, I'd say um, probably one of the most challenging things for me, and I'm, I'm not sure that it pushed me to the breaking point, but I was certainly a nervous wreck, was uh, before I was going to Germany to intern with Mercedes. I hadn't had a lot of experience with some of the more modern classic cars and fuel injection being one of the things. and. I was extremely nervous about going over to Germany, being a girl, you know, as an apprentice and what that was going to be like. So I had an instructor, I had Roger, actually, who had been my um, engine and drivetrain rebuilding instructor, tutor me in the evenings <laughs> on fuel injection Oh, cool! and uh, mechanical fuel injection, et cetera. So I would feel more confident um, when I got to Germany. And it was also interesting because the summer before I had done an internship in LA. Um, and while I was there, I had worked with a Hungarian mechanic named Zolti who had apprenticed in Germany. So he gave me all these kind of little rules that I should follow as an apprentice because you're working obviously with guys that have been in the business for a long time, are respected by their colleagues, and they have this kind of process that you have to go through to earn their respect. So he told me how, you know, it, there will be a long lunch table and, and you should not sit at their end unless they ask you to sit at their end. And oh, wow. if they ask you to drive a car, then don't turn them down because, you know, they won't offer again and all these funny little rules. Yeah. But it was so funny because when I got to Germany, I mean, everyone was phenomenally nice. And, um, uh, but I did all of the things that he told me I should do, and it worked perfectly. <laughs> oh, isn't I mean, that nice? By the, by the end of the first week, you know, I was sitting down at the table with them. By the end of my second week, I was driving a Gullwing that we had bled the brakes on, you know, around the countryside in Germany. Oh, and my goodness. I just, you know, had to keep my nerves in check, and I did, and I ended up loving the experience. It was wonderful, and it was six months of not, it didn't even seem like work, because I was learning every day, and the guys were more than happy to let me do the work or the service work that needed to be done on the cars, because I was so willing to learn that, you know, they had no question about my passion and why I was there. Oh, that's a great story. That's a wonderful story. So that shaky leg went away. It did. <laughs> it took a little while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I understand. Plus, being in a foreign country, that's a another uh, dimension Definitely. to the entire thing. And and certainly Germany, where things are very serious. And, and over there, mechanics are doctors and, you know, have doctor degrees and things. They're looked at very differently than they are in this country. Very Definitely. serious. Yeah, so great story. Stacy, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. 
Would you share a story with us when you had a real aha moment in your career, a time when you realized that an idea or concept was really going to work for you and was going to make it? And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. I would say probably the biggest aha moment was when I had actually applied for a metalworking apprenticeship at Paul Russell and Company and worked in the shop for a few days. Um, I didn't actually get the position, but I had stayed in touch with Paul. And he had the idea for a new position at his shop, which was he had not had previously, which was to have someone there who had a mechanical background, first of all, um, but wouldn't be working on the cars, but would instead be more of a project manager for the restoration projects, as well as a researcher, you know, someone to help find the rare parts and all of these different aspects that he had been doing in the past and were taking up a lot of his time. And so he called and he told me his idea and he told me that he kind of had me in mind for the position. And it was something that I had never really considered before. At the time, I hadn't worked in any sort of high-end restoration shop and I didn't realize the amount of research and knowledge that went into all of the major restorations. He called me and explained to me what he was looking for and I thought, this is perfect. (laughs) This is exactly what I've been looking for. It really fit my strengths, you know, my skills and That just really changed the way I looked at restoration and the way I looked at my future career and my role in the classic car hobby and how it could be, I could really make it what I wanted it to be. And I didn't have to have it dictated to me by the conventions that are out there of restoration and women in the industry, etc. Yeah, well, what and what a great shop to be able to do that at. Paul Russell and Company, I mean, they do some, probably some of the best work on the planet and get to work on the best cars on the planet. So, in fact, I'd love to have Paul on the show sometime because I've admired his work at many Concours events I've been to. And what a a great opportunity for you. A super special aha moment for sure. Yeah. I mean, he was definitely a... uh... A wonderful mentor for me. I probably learned more in the you know six years that I was there mm-hmm. than uh, and being surrounded by Paul and and the other technicians and people that he hires. You know, everyone is is at the top of their game. They are the best of the best. So it was a pretty phenomenal experience for I'll me. I'll bet. I'll bet. Now, you may have already answered this question. It has to do with your first special car, and perhaps that was <laughs> perhaps that was Pearl, but maybe there's another one. But if it was Pearl, we can move on. Do you have a story about your first special car, other than your dad teaching you how to take that starter off, um, that you could share with us? You know, it's funny because Pearl probably was the car that definitely changed my life. But uh, I look back now, and I guess I didn't realize it at the time, but I've always been a car fan because I can remember all of the different cars and trucks we had over the years when I was a kid mm-hmm. and tell you where what trip we went and what and where my little seat was in the back if it was my dad's truck and yeah. so you know it definitely I'd say my really special car was Pearl yeah but 
in my youth, I guess I could say that uh, definitely all the different ones hold a little place in my heart. Yeah, all the memories. Exactly. Is there a vehicle that you've let go, you've sold, that you really wish you could have back? That is Pearl. Pearl. Pearl's gone, huh? Oh, goodness. Pearl is gone, unfortunately. I actually had her as a daily driver for about 10 years. Oh, wow. And then when I was moving from Washington State, when I worked at LeMay, to the East Coast to work for Paul, I ended up selling her to a couple in Tacoma because it just, it was not, I hate saying it, but she wasn't worth <laughs> the cost that it was going to take to ship her across. Yeah, it was time yeah. to let someone else be the caretaker of Pearl. Well, exactly. now that I know she's in my neighborhood, I'll have to keep an eye out for Pearl. What color is Pearl? Uh, she was Wimbledon white. Well, I, Okay, I remember that car, yeah, when I first met yep. you at LeMay. Okay, yeah, great car. Well, I'll keep my eyes open for Pearl, and when okay. I see her going down the road, I'll wave and say, hey, Stacy says awesome. hello. <laughs> yeah. Is there a current project you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? Yeah, definitely. Here at RM Auctions, I have recently started working on uh, private collection, private sales, which is uh, extremely interesting to me because I have been on the other side for the past six years working with people who are building their collections, who are going through the restoration projects. And now I'm I'm on the other side where I'm helping those people either pare down their collection or if they're older and, you know, their children are interested in the cars, they're looking to sell the collection. And it's a lot of fun because you get to hear all the stories that they have about their collections and and why they bought the car when they bought it and the shows that they went to. And you really get to learn about the person and why they built the collection that they've built. And that's something that you don't really get when you're just working on the big auctions like Monterey or Amelia Island. Is uh, You don't get as much of a personal contact. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the uh, now, I'm dealing with the people who actually own these cars. And I'm really getting to learn their story. And to me, that's one of the most fun things about the business is getting to know the people who own the cars and and what they love about them and why they own them and why they tour with them because you can relate to those stories. Right. It's funny you say this because the blog I did last week was titled Where Everyone Knows Your Name. <laughs> Cue up the Cheers TV show yep. song and I talked about Pebble Beach and Monterey and Carmel and those car shows and how it's really about the people because you go there to look at the cars, but it's when you start talking with the people and you hear the stories about the cars and the passions. And that's what Cars Yeah is all about, is listening to the stories, the people behind the machine. So um, it's fun to hear you say that. It's uh, exactly right. Now, here's a funny question for you, Stacy. Okay. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Hmm. That one's a bit tough, yeah. but my my initial gut reaction when I was uh, looking over the questions and reading through was that I would be a gullwing, and it has nothing to do with me working at Mercedes. I was just thinking back to cars that I've driven mm-hmm. that kind of remind me of myself. Oh, <laughs> and, cool. And that one does, so... 
I'm not sure if I can explain exactly how, but I would say, you know what? They're a little bit stubborn. <laughs> you have to know how to start them uh-huh. because otherwise you can foul the plugs very easily. Uh-huh. You know, there's all these little things. So they're a little bit stubborn. It can be a little hot-blooded, so to speak, because when you're <laughs> inside and they get warm and, you know, you're driving a little loud, they have drum brakes, or, you know, you have to actually kind of know how to handle them. Right. Um, so I don't want to say high maintenance, but uh, <laughs> they are strong-willed. Yeah. I love <laughs> the way you answered that question because that is that is the reason I included that question in the Cars Yeah interviews is to get a little bit more knowledge about the person. And you've answered in in one of the most honest ways that <laughs> a lot of people just choose the car they like, but you chose the car that was about you and more like you. So I love that. That's absolutely fantastic. So Stacey, this is one of my favorite parts of our talk. I call it the last lap. The white okay. flag's out, and this is where I fire off a series of questions, and you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready to go? I think so. Okay. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you've probably received so much over the years with all the great people you've worked with. But is there one thing you can think of that somebody has said to you about cars, about your automotive career that has kind of stuck with you? You know, it's funny because I guess when I think about that, I always think that as a mechanic and that you should listen to the car. Mm. There's a really great story. We were restoring a W154 race car, and there was a great story about how Helmut Lang, how he was a driver that all of the techs respected because he had been a mechanic. Basically, he could go out onto the track and come back and tell them exactly what was wrong. And if he told them that there was a cylinder that was down and they went and checked it, did a compression test, he was always right. And, you know, it was basically because he knew the cars and he knew what to listen for, so to speak. Yeah. No, that's a great answer. I knew you had one in there somewhere. (laughs) Listen to the car. Great, great answer. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? To never settle, I guess, is probably my biggest personal habit. My mom calls it pickiness, but uh, (laughs) I I tell her that, uh, you know, I I don't settle when it comes to life because I want to be happy and when I do and of course there are always challenges in that and it has made for me being a bit of a roamer and moving around and mm-hmm. you know being away from my family but if you don't settle then in the end you're going to find what you love and what you want to do right well that's perfect and it it ties so closely especially in a lot of your career with restoring vehicles don't settle it's got to be right it's got to be perfect That's a great answer. Do you have any resources that you could share with our listeners that you really enjoy, perhaps a website that you go to often? Actually, um, I have to say I'm a bit of a car website junkie. Um, I love Bring a Trailer, but I have to stay off because I'm afraid I would buy everything (laughs) on there. Randy was a guest on Cars, yeah, (laughs) and he would love to hear you saying that, especially now that he has this new auction going on on Bring a Trailer. So, yeah, that's a great one. Any others you want to share with us? 
Um, well, I love, you know, Jalopnik and some of the others as well. My my boyfriend and I actually race in the 24 hours of lemons. Oh, fun. And uh, so, and he builds, you know, high-end Audis and race cars and things like that. So I'm, I'm interested in sites like Jalopnik because I feel they're commentators and the people that write for them are kind of the future of the hobby. Mm -hmm. And I'm always interested to see what cars are popular and what people are interested in. And there's a lot of newer collector cars that are coming up for sale, um, like the 2000 GTs, the Toyotas and Nissan Skylines and things like that. And so I feel like I have to, or I should you know, read some of the stuff like Jalopnik and the the other sites because they they kind of speak to that generation that's right. going to be the future collector. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I like that site as well. Would you share with us a book that you've recently read that you really enjoyed? That one I'm going to have to think about, Mark. <laughs> okay. <We can> co- <laughs> I don't really read automotive books. <laughs> well, it could be a business book. You know, I've had many guests who've read biographies or they're into something completely different. Well, I'll tell you one book that um, actually I read some time ago, but I recently purchased for a friend who is a Duesenberg fanatic. Mm. And I've been trying to convince him, because I have a penchant for classic race cars, that he needs to like them and appreciate them. So there's a wonderful biography that Alfred Neubauer wrote autobiography mm-hmm. and it, it, it's a bit of a crack up to be honest because I when you read it it's almost like it's this gossip novel about the drivers that he managed back in the day and and who was sleeping with whose wife and who was oh my goodness <laughs> who was a uh, you know a, a, a hard driver to handle and and he talks about during the war when the Mercedes team was basically hidden away in these hotels so nothing would happen to them. Mm-hmm. So the Mercedes racing team was, you know, in this hotel in Berlin that got bombed. And he talks about how whenever he left, uh, the most important things to him to grab were his hats because he was known for his hats. The sausage that his wife had sent to him. And like a bottle of whiskey or something. Oh my and, gosh. And so he, he'd left the hotel with like a stack of hats on his head, his sausage and his liquor under his arms. And How funny. off he went, you know. So uh, so I figured if anything was ever going to inspire this Duesenberg fanatic to like race cars of the similar era, that that would be the book for him. And I'll remind our listeners that all the great resources that Stacy has shared with us will put up at the carsyeah.com website. Just put Stacy in the search box and you'll find her show notes page and we'll have the title of this book and all the other resources she's been so kind to share with us. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars, Stacey? Um, well, I studied actually photography and ceramics at the Art Institute, uh, both of which I still do. Great. I recently got a new digital SLR, so I've been playing with that. Nice. And I still throw pots on the potter's wheel. Oh, how fun. So now we're up to the checkered flag, Stacy. And this last question can be a real doozy for some people. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, 
And this is something you can't sell to buy a bunch of other cars with. And money's no object. I'm going to buy you whatever you want. What would that vehicle be? And why did you choose it? Ooh, that is a very tough question. Yeah, sorry. Just <laughs> just, just one. I, I have to say, I after working on a lot of high-end cars, uh, cars that I would never in a million years be able to afford, it's kind of turned me away from those vehicles. Mm-hmm. And I would rather have something that I wouldn't be afraid to drive. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I mean, I love <laughs> I love older American cars for that reason. Yeah, here comes Pearl. Um, I was going to say, as much as I love uh, European stuff, but actually, you know what I would love to have, and I've been looking for one for a friend recently, is a uh, Falcon Futura convertible Ooh. with the two-tone blue interior and the trim spears down the side that have that little orange paint inset yeah yeah i love that car and i just think it's the fun car to drive it's easy to drive you can buy all the parts it's easy to work on and after years of searching for parts around the world (laughs) yeah now you know how to find the parts (laughs) well i just want a car that i don't have to search Ah, for parts around the world (laughs) i get it you know it's kind of fun you've gone back to your roots a little bit there with that vehicle choice and I had an interview with Lance Lambert, who was on the show, and mm-hmm. he talked about not letting the fact that some of these collector cars are so unobtainium, they're so far out of most people's reach from a financial yep. standpoint, to detour them. And he said, anybody could give me 5000 bucks, and I could buy him a car that could get him into almost any Concours event. And so I love the fact that you chose a vehicle that can be reached by more people and, and the reason you chose it, so you can drive it and enjoy it and not worry about parking it on the corner and going in and have coffee, you can look out the window and not worry about somebody walking by or doing something exactly. to it. Yeah, that's great. Well, Stacy, you've taken us on a great, great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with our listeners. Would you give them one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that convertible Ford? <laughs> I guess that... uh My piece of advice would be to do what you love. Whatever you have a passion for, you should definitely do, whether that's cars or a certain aspect of the hobby, to never be scared and don't be intimidated and to follow your passion. Well, exactly what you've done in your life and uh, is very commendable. Would you let our listeners know what's the best way they can learn more about you and RM Auctions before we say goodbye? The best way to learn about RM Auctions is www.rmauctions.com. We list all of our future auctions as well as all of the current lots that are upcoming on our website. Great. Well, listeners, I'll remind you again, you can find everything that Stacy has shared with us today at carsyad.com slash Stacy Puckett. And her last name is P-U-C-K-E-T-T. Thank you, Stacy, for being so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with us. Until we talk again, we'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!